Hello, welcome to our Reliant K podcast where we talk about Reliant K. April Fools! Haha, ha, we gotcha. We gotcha. You should have seen the look on your face. Uh, wait, so we don't talk about Reliant K every week? We're not. <laughs> yeah, we did. That's the April Fools. We've never been talking about Reliant K. We're okay, going to edit every think... podcast down to only the stuff where we don't talk about Reliant K. I was going to say, I think that might be gaslighting. <laughs> <laughs> We've never talked about Reliant K. So in lieu of an opening bit this week, the opening bit is us letting you know what's going on. So if you listen to our Boston wrap-up of visiting the tour we call it the boston report if you listen to our boston report episode we're talking about what are we going to do next week we picked up and up but then jessica was like oh but like april fools falls in between those two weeks and i'm like oh yeah you're right and we wanted to do an april fools thing well we talked about it on that episode it was up it was either what we're doing this week or it was talking about the second deathbed remake movie so instead we're talking about the (laughs) ridiculous song from the first the Wiz Khalifa song from the first Sonic the Hedgehog movie soundtrack and you know it's not we're not selling it for April Fool's we're not doing the whole thing and pretending this has always been a Wiz Khalifa podcast or a Sonic podcast Sonic Hedgehog pod that's what we'll call it because <laughs> it fits our letters Anyway, what do you feel like? You look like you're chomping at the bit for something. I was just going to say, there will be top of the show business. But after that, feel free to tune out if you don't want to listen. Yeah, we have a lot of voicemails <laughs> from the time that we were away on vacation, going to see the Amyator. So we're still talk about Reliant K. Maybe there's still some Reliant K talk for towards the end of the podcast. You'll have to listen. What's, maybe there's some new Reliant K music that we got leaked to us. But we're going to make you listen to the whole Wiz Khalifa podcast first. Ooh. Or maybe I'm completely lying and better admit that so that Reliant K themselves <laughs> oh, no. don't send us a cease and desist for something that's not real. <laughs> April Fools. Wait, wait, which part was the April Fools? The cease and desist? Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sonic the Hedgehog Pod. I'm your best friend, Tails. It's me, (laughs) April Fools. It's me, Danny. Are are you going to just keep saying April Fools throughout the whole episode? Sonic Hedgehog Pod. Yeah, I'll just keep saying April Fools every few minutes just to recalibrate. Okay. So, yeah, welcome to Sonic Hedgehog Pod. Before we get there, top of the show. We do have voicemails. We had voicemails last week when we did Up and Up, but I knew... We had a lot to say about Up and Up, and it was still a full show. So let's hear some of these voicemails. Oh, before we do that, I wanted to say that we watched Turning Red. It was adorable. Danny made me watch it. It was adorable. That's the thing. I always think these movies are adorable after he forces me to watch them, but it's just I I never want to watch them. So last week after we talked about Epcot and how they've been at Epcot Center, they've been like, switching the rides to match the movies that take place in those countries like the norway ride now has has frozen theme and the mexico ride is is now or it will soon be coco themed jessica was like really mad about that 
And then I wasn't after, really mad well, about it. No, but you were. But you were upset about it. You were miffed about it. And after the episode... I did say that I felt that they should have changed the Mexico ride quite a long time ago. Right. Well, Jessica, after the episode was done, got really afraid that people would hear her talking about that and think that she meant she was against the representation that's nowadays in all of these Disney movies, which I don't think representation necessarily counts for Frozen. But yeah, you get a lot of representation <laughs> in recent disney movies with like the, which i think is great yeah like uh, the there's chinese. and i didn't know that turning red was set in canada yeah it's so canadian chinese representation that's awesome and female for turning red it's good and stuff there's other movies like ryan great. and the last dragon and whatever all these movies just so jessica was like should i record a thing a, a, a disclaimer that i'm not racist against <laughs> that is not what i said but you're not racist and we could have a disclaimer every week reminding everyone that Jessica is not racist. No, Jessica's actually like, oh, no. <laughs> Jessica's one of the best. You're, you, Jessica, you're amazing. I just want you to know that. You're amazing. I talked about it when, not, we, but thank you. when we did the similar interview. I needed you there so badly because I'm a bad ally and I don't actually talk about, you know, these matters of, of, uh, I can't. I don't have. I don't even have the tools kit to talk gender about gender and sexuality. Gender and sexuality, and then issues of race and representation. Like I don't have the toolkit for that stuff, but you do, and I applaud. I mean, you I don't know that. that I'd go that far, but I just, I just try to. You're a caring to, person. To do what I can. I don't. You're know. a good person, and I appreciate you, and I love you, and I knew you'd like Turning Red. I liked it because I lot. saw all the reviews. I just don't like animated movies. Is the thing well, I just I, know like, I, I never go watch... out of my way to want to watch an animated movie. I knew I couldn't watch a lot of Pixar movies with you. I'm gonna because... have to go see Sonic though <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> so <laughs> I knew I couldn't watch a lot of Pixar movies with you because they have so many freaking existential crises. They have like my whole life is an existential dying. crisis. I like I took Jessica that. to see Good Dinosaur <laughs> in the theater, and she had a horrible time. It's How awful. much if that movie is more? That movie is the Revenant for children, and it's not so much for children. It's so awful. We <laughs> went to uh, El Capitan to see it, so now we have a we have two popcorn buckets that say I the think Good I Dinosaur on them. It broke. <laughs> But they, I hope you recycled it. I hope I did too. Uh, I knew I can't watch like Coco with you or Soul. I've never seen Soul still. It's the only Pixar movie I've never seen. But I knew, especially because I'd watch Luca and there's no existential crisis in Luca. And then I heard the reviews for Turning Red and I'm like, Jessica will like this movie. And yeah, I didn't know it was set in Toronto. Adorable. I wish there had been a Toronto Maple Leafs thing, but unfortunately there wasn't. Go to our Tee Public. It's not Tee Public anymore. Go to our merch store <laughs> and get our Toronto Maple Leafs parody <laughs> shirt that says Sadie Hawkins pod in the Maple Leafs logo. And you can wear that while you're watching Turning Red. Anyway, we'll be watching Sonic the Hedgehog 2 very soon. I am very excited for the second Sonic movie. We'll All right, get let's into get to the voicemails. But here first are some voicemails about Reliant K. Hey guys, this is Allie from South Carolina calling again. I'm going to try to make this story under three minutes. Not sure if we can do it, but I'll try. So since you guys are going to be traveling soon in airplanes and whatnot, I have a story that is kind of on theme. Um, November, late November 2014, I had just seen Reliant K in concert and was home and my cousin, who lives in Indiana, but will often work in Ohio, 
um, messaged me on Facebook and said that he just picked up Reliant K from the airport. Now, my cousin is, like, a professional, like, limo driver. He drives around celebrities all the time. He's got pictures with a bunch of, like, really cool people. So I believed him. And so I tweeted at Reliant K, and I was like, hey, my cousin was the one who picked you up at the airport. And they liked it. And then a few minutes later, they go, they tweet back, and I guess it was Hoops says, wait, no one was at the airport. So <laughs> I guess they didn't fly to their destination that they were at. I guess they were in Ohio. And to this day, my cousin doesn't know who he picked up because he said he picked up two mats, and one of them had curly blonde hair. So it's a mystery. Anyway, thanks for listening. Bye. <laughs> oh, no. April Fool's. <laughs> amazing (laughs) yeah that's pretty funny i guess like i'm not saying it's impossible that they're that hoops and teeson would specifically drive and fly together but i would assume if you're a band and you're going on tour or coming back from a tour that you're going to your own homes right so why would they get picked up in the same limo necessarily now i'm not saying limo like a stretch limo but the same car I mean, limo in they the could be, I don't sense. know. They could like drop one off and then the other. Maybe they didn't live too far apart at the time. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe they're just that close that they. I need to know what other band has two mats in it and one has curly blonde hair. Well, the, the sounds like the cousin sounds like my even, kind of band. Sounds like the cousin wasn't. If it wasn't Reliant K, sounds like they weren't even sure if they were musicians like did these masks in this car they, i love how i just assume they have like guitars with them yeah they're holding guitars like, this is clearly a band <laughs> they're putting a piano in the back seat <laughs> so here's a voicemail so that voicemail was from march 9th because we've had such, we had such a busy march this voicemail is from march 15th. only one month late yeah <laughs> thank you for calling on our Wiz Khalifa episode, our Sonic the Hedgehog Wiz Khalifa episode. Hey guys, it's Lindy, and I am just calling to say thank you for posting in stories on Instagram um, when you were at the Orlando show last night, because I was seriously bummed and really missing out, but it was really awesome seeing it in the stories. Um, and all the posts that followed. So thanks for that. And I'm sure you guys are having a great time on your trip. And can't wait to hear about the next show. All right. See ya. Well, make sure to thank you, Lindy. And I'm sure you have by now since it's a couple weeks later. But everyone, you can go listen to our Orlando Report and Boston Report episodes that we recorded uh, summing up those shows on the Amya Tour. And, like I said, in the Boston Report, you'll hear why we are doing this this week. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, we have one, two, three, four, five more voicemails from four people. So should oh, wow. we save some of these for later? Like, I feel like that's nice in catching up to, you know, the our, our yeah, travel. Yeah, let's do one more. Do it Do it even. Okay, then we'll, well, technically we'll have to do two because Beatrice called and got cut off and called again a second time. Nice. So we'll do that. And then we have three voicemails after that who called more recently that we can discuss next week. So, yeah, let's go to Beatrice from from March 19th. Hi, Dan and Jess. Um, It's Beatrice. Long time, no call. 
Um, I'm here to talk about the Orlando show. Um, I was there. I was on the, I was in the third row to the right, towards like the corner. It was a really good spot. I was hoping we could get me and my friend um, that we could get like front row, but like I feel like I had my hopes too high because I got there like an hour and a half early, like before doors doors are supposed to open and. Um, the line is already pretty freaking long, so, yeah. The third row is still really good. I had a great time at the show. Um, if I were to rate it, like, on a scale of 1 to 10, I'd probably say a 9. And the reason it's not a 10 is because during the Sendler set, um, by the way, I, I love Sendler. And um, I was so excited. I'm like, yeah, I was so hyped up. Here's the thing. Where me and my friend were specifically, there was, like, this group of, like, college-age Christian kids, and I could tell they were Christian because, so, like, most, if not all of them that were, like, around us had WWJD bracelets on, and one of the girls, she had, like, I'm almost certain it was, like, a passion conference t-shirt, so that threw me off. I was very shocked, but I saw that. I'm like, Whoa. Passion Conference? I'm guessing that's some Christian conference. I did not know that they still made WWJD bracelets. <laughs> Those were very popular when I was in elementary school. And it's funny that you say that because the WWJD bracelet that I own from the mm. whatever that was, late 90s, mid 90s, is rainbow. And I actually wanted to wear it to the show. And I ended up leaving it at home in LA. Oh. And I was super bummed. And I realized it like while we were on our way to the airport. And I was like, no, I forgot got my wwjd bracelet oh man but oh i don't know i'm scared of what's what's coming next yeah, uh -oh. especially since it's in two parts <laughs> i just i just looked up uh what passion conference is okay uh I'm originally gonna... named choice ministries mm -hmm. does that mean they're pro-choice that'd be great <laughs> and i don't think this is where this is going uh mega churches well... headquarters in roswell georgia i know where that is uh, held in Austin, Texas. Uh-huh. Well, looking Austin, for... they keep it weird there, so it must be nice. You keep looking while we listen to more of the voicemail. I was really thrown off, so I was like, oh, shit. They're probably going to hate on somewhere. So, it turns out my, um, my guesses were correct. Um, according to my friend who was, like, standing, like, right next to them, they were, like, during summer set, like, they were, like, giggling and, like, gossiping kind of like and be like like you know that kind of stuff and like the two college-age guys like in front of us um they were like rolling their eyes and being like oh i hate her and i didn't hear that because i was just like singing along but according to my son that's what happened and that really sucks but on the other hand um a woman she was submitted in like her mid-20s that was like to my right to my right and in front of me she um told me after some some set that she had only um, bought tickets to see Sandler. And she um, told me how grateful she was that I was singing along and that she's not the only one who knows this artist. And, like, we were just, like, talking for, like, a little bit about, like, how, like, Sandler has impacted us and, like, how, like, she's helped us in regards to, like, questions about, like, sexuality and, like, dealing with religious trauma and that whole thing. So we bonded over that. That was fun. And then she left. 
once Reliant K um, was about to come on. So I got to go, like, to the second row for a little bit, and that was really fun. I had the time of my life. I was jamming out. It was so packed. Like, I could barely move. <laughs> but the little movement I could have, I spent jumping up and down in my four-inch docks. That was um, not a smart choice because, like, my legs were, like, in so much pain afterwards. But I think it was so worth it because I was having the absolute time of my life. Yeah, I remember lots of concerts when I was younger <laughs> in, like, Packers. Although, which was Not packed like point, this. Overpacked. Like way too No, packed. I've been to overpacked shows before. And it might Oof. have been a Reliant K show at the Axis in Boston. Although I don't think it was Reliant K. Maybe even they opened. It might have been, like, a... It was definitely a Christian show. I saw Christian and secular shows there. But one time it was literally so packed, like you had to pull your shoulders in not for comfort but like it was so packed and then no one could stand up straight it was literally oh, wow. so packed that like everyone you know because your body tends to move a little sway a little and just the little sways that people's bodies would make would cause the whole crowd to do like a wave of kneeling of like bending backwards like the matrix <laughs> And it was incredibly awful and uncomfortable, and it didn't stop until the first band went on. So then people started jumping oh. up and down, and I was so angry because it was, it was a human experience that I don't think happens that often to be so packed mm -hmm. with no breathing room between you that you are, you literally can't all stand up straight. Oof. That one person moves and the entire crowd That's stays. how I feel when you make me go to punk shows. <laughs> <laughs> right, because we also went to see MXPX this last week. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was... But you know what's so funny is that we saw MXPX at the House of Blues Anaheim, and it was a sold-out show, but it was not as shoulder to shoulder as Reliant K in Orlando. Like they clearly oversold the venue, like squeezed people in. Not as bad as that show back in the 2000s at the Axis, which was a much smaller club. But you still had like a lot of wiggle room at a lot of wiggle room at the MXPX show, but still sold out. So, getting back to the voicemail uh -huh. real quick, I just want to say that okay, first of all. If you're not on board with Semler, get out. Like, just nobody, we don't like you. You can hate Wiz like, Khalifa all you want when we talk about him later, but you can't hate Semler and no, listen to this and show. No, don't be childish and be, like, giggling and stuff. Or you can, you know, like, you can uh, listen to the show, but we hope you will change your mind eventually. Yeah, yes, yes. You you can. You can absolutely listen and yes, we, we would rather bring you around to a better way of thinking. And I, that's something that I definitely felt in that I, I'm, I feel bad that Beatrice got like sort of that not so good part of mm -hmm. that, that Orlando show, because I had the, the dude bros behind me that were like, whoa, this is like poetry. The inclusive this dude is bros. poetry, the <laughs> inclusive dude bros that like really threw me. And I was like, this is amazing. And I love this. And I, I want to see this, you know, and. And I was standing next to John Cooper Jr. Who <laughs> at least wasn't like acting up, but was just like quiet. And, and had his left sh shoulder to the stage and, like, clearly was uncomfortable and unhappy with what was happening, but at least didn't make a scene. Yeah, it's just, I don't know, so weird. Just, yeah. And and I I, I love that 
Summers is coming out here and helping people. I think right. that that's great. And I love her music. I think it's so fun and cool. Like, just what she's doing mm-hmm. in general is so great yep. and definitely helpful. Because, you know, who hasn't been like, oh, I don't know about my 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 faith now because, like, you know, would God ex- does God accept me? Like, there's, like, this whole other scene going on here, which is apparently what Passion Conference is sort of about. And right. I'm trying to look up if it's problematic, but they definitely true. kept going throughout the pandemic, apparently. So there's that. Uh, we don't need to look into Passion <laughs> Conference anymore, but we'll listen to the last two minutes of... Uh, it's for college kids, and not the college kids that want to be saved by anyone other than Jesus. Saved. Yeah. <laughs> um my friend is kind of just like bopping her head because she has no clue what was going on because I kind of just bought the tickets on a whim and I'm like we're going so um yeah it was really fun and afterwards after the show ended me and my friend um we went to the merch line and that line was huge (laughs) um but it ended up moving like pretty quickly like we got out there in like 30 minutes I bought the long sleeve summer shirt and the the line cake pennant and then the the craziest thing that happened this entire this entire story was that um when me and my friend were leaving the venue, I saw Matt Hoops. <laughs> he was just like talking to like I think like five other people who were at the show. He just like seemed super engaged in conversation and stuff and I was like, Oh shit, wait. I'm like I was so surprised. I'm like, Wait, is that him? <laughs> I'm like, uh, okay. And I was, like, debating in my mind, like, should I talk to him? Should I not? Should I talk to him? Should I not? So I was like, okay, let me talk to him, but I'm not going to be like that obnoxious band. It's like, oh, my God, they're here. Ah! Like, no, because that's not their job. <laughs> their job is to play music, not to deal with our shenanigans <laughs> as fans. But, like, yeah, so I just, like, kind of stood there awkwardly and trying to find, like, a stopping point in, like, his conversation with this person. And then I was like, hey, could you sign a shirt and, like, take a picture? <laughs> And he did it gladly, and yeah, so now I have a photo with Matt Hoops <laughs> and um, his signature on my um, cutest band ever tee. So, um, yeah, that was amazing that I just, like, quickly told him, like, hey, like, thank you so much for everything. Like, this band changed my life, and then I left. <laughs> so, yeah, that was my concert experience. Bye. Also, oh, yeah, so sad I couldn't, like, meet you guys, but, like, y'all were, like, all the way in the back, so, like, <laughs> There really would have been no way based on like how packed it was. Anyways, bye. We weren't all the way in the back. <laughs> I don't know if it was Beatrice, but <laughs> someone was like, "Oh, you're so far back." It's like, "No, well, the camera, the phone is like extra <laughs> deep." But I always stand by the sound booth if I can't get up front. And we did the same thing at MXPX. You got to stand by the sound booth. You don't want to stand on the sides. You feel like it's a compromise to get close on the sides. But the close on the sides, I've done it enough times. I don't do it. One time we went to see Reliant K at that tour where Ethan was like teching on it, but Dave was still the drummer, 2007 or something, at the same venue at the House of Blues Orlando. Your friend who went with us, your high school friend who went with us, yeah. was like, come over here. We can get really close, but we're on the side of the stage. I'm like, I've been going to concerts <laughs> for 10 years already by 2007. I, I see, I understand the appeal, but if you can't get close, you just got to get in the middle so the sound is great. Anyway, so that's where we were. You're we were where a, the sound was best. You're such a show um, <laughs> snob, Danny. Show well, I think that it's awesome that Beatrice got to meet Matt Hoops and get a picture yep. and, and a signature. That's 
flipping awesome and super exciting. And talks to the uh, person about similar. Yeah. Thank you for sharing everything that you said there. Yeah, that's so great. Yeah. So that's fantastic. That sounds like an awesome night. Like, what a great experience. So enough of this Reliant K talk. (laughs) Let's move on to what I want to talk about, (laughs) which is Sonic the Hedgehog by way of a song that we kind of laughed at and hated for the last two years, but I've listened to so much this week. Best friend, Tails. Yeah. I've listened to it so much in the last week that it is really, really stuck in my head. We are talking about the song Speed Me Up by Wiz Khalifa. Featuring, hold on, I didn't have that ready. Do you Ty have dollar sign? Ty dollar sign and um, Lil Yachty, Lil Yachty, and Suko the Child. I don't know if I'm pronouncing Suko the Child correctly, but that is what it looks like to me. So, this is the pop song. Oh, we're gonna get Danny, we're gonna get a uh, flag for <laughs> sure. So, Sick I'm just excited. <laughs> So I'm just excited that Sonic the Hedgehog 2 is coming out. And we talked about doing an April Fool's episode where we do something that's like adjacent to real. You you know, Deathbed was our original April Fool's episode that we put off because of the pandemic. Then we did it in episode 69 because it made sense to do it in episode 69. This time we're like, we could do an April Fool's episode this year. And I was like, and I said we could do... I love that you just said that Deathbed made sense to do in episode 69. No, the April Fool's episode of the movie Deathbed. Still. The follow-up April Fool's, the makeup April Fool's post-pandemic made sense to do in episode 69. Because it's the funniest number. Right. And therefore, it can be the April Fool's makeup episode. I don't know. I think I think 32 is kind of funny. It is pretty funny. That's a funny number. You're right. I'm sorry. We should have saved this for episode. I don't even know what episode we're at, number we're at now, so it doesn't matter. Um, Not the first time that Wiz Khalifa and Ty Dolla Sign <laughs> have worked together on a a uh, throwback like '80s '90s kid property too, okay. because they did. Uh, they worked on Shell Shocked, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles song oh. from that one. I don't Hold remember on. if that's the first or the second of the Megan Fox ones. It was the first one. Gotta hear this because I'm not familiar with this. Oh, and Wiz Khalifa wasn't the top build. He's second build. So this has got Kill the Noise. Well, there's a lot of features on this one. Oh, not one more feature. This is Juicy J, Wiz Khalifa, Ty Dollar Sign, Kill the Noise, and Madsen Nick? Madsen Nick? I mean, this is more sort of what you expect. I like this. Yeah. You like this. You like something that is more kind of like understood to be hip hop. Whereas maybe this, the odd sort of video game inspired nerdy rap Wiz Khalifa doing a Sonic the Hedgehog theme song. Why didn't they get MC Chris on it? I know. So we'll talk about our relationship to hip hop in a little bit. But basically, this is my excuse to talk about and do a Sonic the Hedgehog podcast this week. Because I've been a huge Sonic the Hedgehog fan my entire life since I was a little kid. I was born in 1982. So Sonic the Hedgehog, when it came out, I was 10 years old. And I loved that game. The first game, I didn't even have a Genesis. But just the ads 
caught my imagination. This like cool little radical dude <laughs> animal who can run fast. And the stage design of those ads, like the stage design, like broke open my imagination. So I love Sonic the Hedgehog from an early age, from 10 years old. Uh, then, you know, the cartoons and the comics came out and that was cool. But I knew there was a discrepancy. And that discrepancy was that adults, boomers, and maybe Gen Xers of the 90s were writing these cartoons and they didn't bother finishing the video games. So they made up a bunch of crap that I didn't like, like Sonic being a freedom fighter in a world that Robotnik has completely taken over. And I'm like, no, Robotnik is like, you know, and you read the instruction manual and Robotnik's just this mad scientist who goes around the world trapping animals and robots. And what's the deal? That's not that's the story of Sonic. Not that he's like Darth Vader and he's the Empire and he's already taken over. So I didn't really love the cartoons at the time, but I've always kept with Sonic. And then, of course, from the cartoons and the comic books, you get the trope of the Sonic the Hedgehog fandom that there are a bunch of creepers and a bunch of furries. And sure, that side exists. But really, there's you all can also still love the video games, even when they're bad. So I've been a Sonic the Hedgehog fan. Let's not shame furries. They're not necessarily creepers. Those are two very separate things. Absolutely. I said I am a furry ally. I've said this on the podcast (laughs) before. You have, yeah. I'm not a furry, but I, you know, I don't kink shame furries. I'm not a furry. (laughs) And it always seems like furry is one of like, in a meme way, one one of the kinks that you can shame as a joke. And I'm like, that just feels wrong because in a lot of cases you might think furries are weird and I don't fully get it myself but I understand that it's not hurting anybody just the idea in and of itself but this isn't a furry podcast this is a Sonic the Hedgehog podcast well aren't they one of the same so when the movie was announced I was tentatively excited right I'm like oh good I've always wanted a Sonic the Hedgehog movie my whole life and thank goodness it doesn't sound like it's going to use any of the like comic book and cartoon American cartoon continuity. So I was like, at least Sega's involved. They'll keep it kind of video game based. Unfortunately, then you start seeing the stuff coming out in the original Sonic design and it's all kind of earth based. All those movies like hop and, and the Smurfs where it's not really about the characters. It's about the humans interacting with those little characters. Right. So then Jessica and I go to see the movie and I'm like, okay, that was pretty good. That was okay. And the whole world as a whole was like, oh, the Sonic movie was actually okay. Like, they didn't totally he mess it up. He did not look like the nightmare fuel that was originally, re- you know, right. leaked or released or whatever. So. so we saw the first Sonic the Hedgehog movie at the Alamo Cinema Draft House in Los- downtown Los Angeles. And the Alamo Cinema Draft House always plays a long playlist of, like, wacky internet videos related to the movie you're going to watch so one time we saw the robocop remake there and they played a bunch of like japanese robocop commercials and robocop cartoon clips and all that stuff so they're playing sonic the hedgehog and sega genesis commercials and stuff and then they play the music video for this song ahead of the movie we're about to watch the movie but they play the music video for this song and we're like what is this song (laughs) everything from the slightly like the beat feels the beat and like the rhythm of the song at the time to me felt very tepid and it clearly was inspired by like the nerd not maybe inspired, but it clearly... I know nerdcore is a very specific thing. But it was like this nerdy rap with this video game-infused thing. And it's this very kind of like what felt like a tepid beat. It wasn't... It was like not quite emo rap either. And I'm like, what is this? 
and then we're listening to it and there's four you know there's four rappers as Wiz Khalifa and his three featured guests and it's like they're kind of rapping about they're kind of the lyrics are kind of like about typical hip-hop themes of like we'll go into the lyrics in depth but they're typical like softer versions of common hip-hop themes like you know i'm you know my haters hate me and they're all upset and they're jealous because i'm rich and the ladies love me but then shoehorning these sonic the hedgehog lyrics and metaphors in and we just couldn't stop laughing at the time but the song has grown on me over time and especially now that the pop song that's associated with sonic 2 feels worse i was like well now it makes that wiz khalifa song seem so much better that's my original relationship to this song. So tell me, Jessica, how did you feel the first time you heard Speed Me Up by Wiz Khalifa? Oh, I think I think you covered it. I thought you were going to ask me about the first time I played Sonic or something. You want to tell me about the first time you played Sonic? Sure. I was really little. Like, I feel like I was maybe like three or four. And I guess I must have been asking for a video game system. And, oh... Trigger warning, Easter Bunny. Easter Bunny reveal. Uh, so <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> my parents uh, like got me a Sega Genesis and it had like Sonic or Sonic 1 and 2 in it. Uh-huh. And it was in my Easter basket. And so like I they like the way wow. my parents did it was they what an Easter basket. I know, right? They hid like they would hide uh eggs around fake eggs around the house and say that the easter bunny left a trail or whatever Mm -hmm. you know and then leading me to the easter basket okay and so it was uh, the easter basket was also hidden sure and so it was a lot of fun i think they really just did it because i tended to get up really early back in those (laughs) days and i think they just didn't want me to bother them (laughs) until a reasonable time on your own yeah that's great (laughs) it's like i would get up early because i get up at like 5 a.m and then they like they're like you can go and find the eggs and find your easter basket just don't open it until after we get up and so they're like that'll keep are occupied for a little while she'll want to eat the chocolates and the in the easter eggs and stuff right. so that and then i was really excited to get sonic and then that was like my sega genesis i had that that was like my main system i had up until i got like a nintendo 64 okay i think yeah and then i didn't i didn't get a, like a nintendo or super nintendo until i was in high school and i asked, <laughs> I asked santa claus for <laughs> super nintendo Lots of stuff coming out in this episode <laughs> that jessica <laughs> believed in santa claus until she was like 19 yes trigger warning santa reveal as well <laughs> uh, anyway we're not we're not here to talk about me we're here to talk about Danny. we'll talk about the next and, next uh, we probably talked maybe we've talked about a christmas episode but next christmas episode i really was like three or four though when i got my sega genesis because i'm just a teensy bit younger than you right. so yeah well this song, <laughs> Jessica has more notes on it. So this was the pop radio, which I don't know if I got any radio play, but it was the pop song tie-in end credit music to the Sonic the Hedgehog theme. It has millions of views on YouTube. It was a pretty big hit digitally, as far as I'm aware. Like, you know, millions of views, and I'm sure it has pretty good downloads. I don't know if we can look up chart information. But at the time, I was like, this. I, I like for Sonic the Hedgehog and pop song. I wanted, I kind of wanted a rock song because, and I'm not being like a rap is crap guy, but I'm just saying like Uh-oh. Sonic the Hedgehog music. 
<laughs> Especially after I try to remind everyone that Jessica is not racist because she doesn't like recent Disney movies. <laughs> I am also not racist because. No, oh, jeez. <laughs> but Sonic the Hedgehog oh, no. music in the recent games is usually like pop punk music. It really is. It's like usually like rock guitar. And they do some mix-up stuff. They, they do some, like, different genres depending on levels and stuff. But you, sometimes there's a pop band tie-in to the... Zebrahead did a song for... Oh, <laughs> who no. opened for MXPX this weekend, and Jessica did not like Zebrahead. I wasn't super impressed either, although I was familiar with them. But, like, they've, ha- they've had, like, rock bands do songs for the Sonic games, and I kind of would have wanted something like that. Instead, we got this, like, thing, which I definitely didn't understand the beat of this song. Like, I have an idea of what hip-hop is, and, you know, I never enjoyed hip-hop when I was a kid, like, when I liked Sonic the Hedgehog, when I liked rock music and punk music. But I wasn't, like, I hate hip-hop at the time. I just, like, I don't get it. I mean, I felt the same way about metal. Like, I didn't like metal. You know what I mean? But it definitely took me a long time to understand hip hop because I just I was raised in Boston and suburban area and there were lots of kids who liked hip hop but I was just like not about that I liked rock music and it took me a lot especially you know what really helped me get into hip hop you know like even going back is like getting more and more deep into punk music because you can't research New York punk history without the way that it also ties in and is basically intertwined into the rise of hip hop but anyway. I now love this song. Spoiler warning. We have a different end question for this week, so I'll just spoil it right now. Like, before we did this episode, I liked this song okay, but now I really <laughs> like it. I can't get it out of my head. I like... I I, I never... I was never... I know, I was familiar with Wiz Khalifa. Like, he's got some really big hits that you can't escape, like Black and Yellow and a couple other ones that oh, I can't yeah. remember the name of, right? So... Yeah, Black and Yellow was really big when we lived in uh, New York, and they played it all the time on the, uh, because, I mean, Pittsburgh Steelers, or that's Black and Yellow, right? Yeah, they had won the Super Bowl or whatever, or were trying to win the Super Bowl, something like that, back when we lived in New York, and same general area, tri-quarter, whatever, state area, and it uh, it played a lot on, what was the big New York radio station? I don't know, I never went to it, but my coworkers and people in school did so yeah 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 something like that but um then there's sucker for pain catchy catchy. which is another movie tie-in it's from uh suicide squad suicide squad and then these other two songs you definitely we definitely know see you again with oh from from the furious seven i didn't realize this is from the furious seven soundtrack now isn't this this a song without this bit yeah, but without I guess the it, rap bit, or is it no? Is it all, does it always have that? But maybe they cut it out of the radio edit. I don't know. Like they do with California Girls cutting out the Snoop Dogg part right, for they, the radio edit. Yeah, which which makes actually, no sense. Makes no sense and is pretty offensive <laughs> that they do that. He doesn't say anything bad. It makes no, no sense. Katy Perry says worse things. <laughs> <laughs> and then this is another big Wiz Khalifa song that you probably know. I mean, this one might not be as big. Where's the hook coming? This is the Wiz Khalifa and The Weeknd. Oh, okay. I've heard this around before. Anyway. So, where was I? <laughs> so, yeah, I like this song a lot better now than I ever did before. And it's gotten me hyped for Sonic 2. Because I'm already looking forward to Sonic 2. Like, 
there's been reviews saying that Sonic 2 is basically going to be like the godfather 2 of Sonic movies where it's going to take everything from the first movie and just heighten it. And I think they're also going to properly address the existing Sonic the Hedgehog fandom because, sidebar again, in back into the Sonic movie, you know, the Sonic movie, the first one was okay. But I knew, especially from the marketing, that... Is it just me, or did they make him like cuter, more, more like well, the the game, like the early games, the new one? You mean, yeah, Sonic Two, probably because they built Sonic digitally from the ground up to actually look like Sonic in this movie. Whereas in okay. the first one, they actually finished the movie with that awful Sonic design <laughs> with the far eyes, right. and the teeth and stuff, and the legs. Like a lot of people thought, <laughs> a lot of people thought, just like the Chris Rock and Will Smith thing recently, that it was like a farce. People right. thought that this whole th- that it was like they created the bad looking Sonic design movie that movie design on purpose to get like talk about the movie, but that was not true. That's like definitively proven to not be true. They had to rush no, the movie. It cost a ridiculous yeah. amount of money to uh, to do all that, and they've yeah. never released that footage at all. And they did the whole movie with that bad Sonic design, so they had to go in and like fix everything. Although things were already lit for that bad Sonic design. So, like, they're rushing through to ch- switch out the Sonic for a proper-looking Sonic. Well, now they've built the movie from the ground up for him to actually look like Sonic and look cuter and look like Sonic the Hedgehog. So, Sonic 2, I'm excited for, because I think one of the big problems for the people who made the first Sonic movie is the same problem for the adults that made the Sonic the Hedgehog Saturday morning cartoon show and the comic books, is that they didn't really care what kids liked about sonic the hedgehog they just came up with whatever crap they wanted to invent on top of this sonic the hedgehog character so and i think when they did when paramount did their market research for sonic they're like oh well market this to people who remember the genesis and believe it or not sonic the hedgehog games have an active young audience who don't care about the genesis games like sonic the hedgehog and mario are characters that are popular now for their new games and like i guess paramount just wouldn't believe that and they thought we got to make this realistic for the adults who remember the genesis games but most there's not enough people out there who care about the old sega games to market a full movie so it looks like with the new sonic 2 that they're actually like from the ground up writing this to kind of course correct and make it more like the games more like the recent games as well actually put designs from the games in there like there's a big robotnik robot jessica looks so bored (laughs) but i am so excited that they're retroactively making this more like the games which actually happened with the comic books as well because the comic books were originally not very much like the games but then there was a comic writer who came in who respected the old comic books but also understood what made the games fun and had played them and beat them as a kid his name's ian flynn and he actually went in and retroactively started pushing more actual game continuity back into the comic line until eventually archie comics canceled it because a whole another thing that i'm not going to talk about a lawsuit (laughs) between one of the that caused archie comics to lose the sonic the hedgehog license anyway we haven't really fully talked about this song yet, so let's really dig into the song now that I've given you the the baseline of how much I love Sonic the Hedgehog and how much I'm looking forward to Sonic the Hedgehog 2 and how much this song has grown on me. Let's really get into it now. Okay. After our break, which is oh, right what? now... <laughs> we just want to take a moment to thank you for listening to Sadie Hawkins Pod. 
Whether you've been listening for a while or this is your first time, we want to hear your thoughts on this episode, your corrections, and your Reliant K memories at our voicemail line, which is 402-95-SADIE. And if talking on the phone isn't your thing, because I know it's not mine, and whose is it really, you can send us an email to sadiehawkinspod at gmail.com, or visit our socials at Instagram and Twitter, which are both at sadiehawkinspod. While there, you can also see the visuals we discuss on the podcast each week. You can also visit sadiehawkinspod.com for easy access to all these links, as well as to our merch store for shirts, mugs, stickers, and more. We also want to thank our patrons at patreon.com slash sadiehawkinspod, who include Isaac, James, Kendall, Josh A., Timothy, Daniel, Jay, Eric, Joel, Connor, Michael, Samantha, Jimmy Eat Pod, This Might Be a Podcast, Tucker, and Brady. Join our Patreon now for two monthly bonus episodes, our entire backlog of bonus episodes, which include reviews of the case for karaoke songs and chapters of the complex infrastructure known as the Female Mind Book. You'll also get stickers, guitar picks, and a special Patreon-exclusive shirt when you've donated a lifetime contribution of $60. Ooh, that sounds like fun. Where can I sign up again? At patreon.com slash Pod. If you want to be a patron of the arts, the fine arts, the podcast arts, there's one place to go. SadieHawkinsPod.com slash... Oh, wait. No, no, that's not it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I panicked. So, really talking about Speed Me Up now, the song from Sonic the Hedgehog 1. On Genius, it says, For Speed Me Up, Wiz Khalifa enlists fellow rappers Ty Dollar Sign... Little Yachty and Suko the Child to deliver an uplifting trap song. Oh, is this a trap beat? I always hear about trap beats and trap music, and I never have actually known what that means. So that, like, I guess that's a trap thing. News to me. There you go. We're learning something today. We're getting in touch with the kids. Delivers a trap song about the fast-paced natures of their lives. The track serves as the main theme song to the 2020 live-action Sonic the Hedgehog movie. On the energetic beat produced by Take A Day Trip, the rappers boast about their excessive money and luxurious luxurious cars that came about as a result of their success. So yeah, that's my main takeaway. When I even when we saw this heard the song for the first time in the theater waiting for the movie to start and then heard it again at the end credits is that I was listening I from you know what I could tell on those first listens of the song I'm like well, they're rapping the rap they're talking about themselves they're rapping about themselves and how successful they are and then they're shoehorning in these sonic references which we'll go over right now so in the intro you hear Wiz say the line day trip take it to 10 which is actually kind of hard to for me to suss out exactly what he was saying. I couldn't understand that mm-hmm. until I looked. But he's saying Day Trip, take it to 10, because Day Trip is the producer. Right. And he's saying, like, take it to 10, which is also funny for me, because I guess I just was not familiar with trap music, but this beat just feels so benign to me. I don't know. I don't understand trap music. I've never really heard this, and it doesn't... I don't feel like this song is rap... Is, is, I don't feel like this song... I don't feel like this beat is actually taken up to 10. I feel like it's taken up to 7. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So then the first verse is Wiz Khalifa, and he says, Left my heart and soul. Yeah, like, I'm just gonna... 
not to be trite, but I'm going to white up these lyrics by just reading them out in my Danny voice. Left my heart and soul, you see that I ran. Rings of gold and awards sit on my nightstand. So right there, he's like, you know, saying he's been successful and he's got all these awards and he's got rings of gold right there for Sonic reference. But also it's like a metaphor for he's got actual rings of gold, real life. Rings. I think this was just a rap he had sitting around. Maybe. And was like, Maybe. oh, the rings <laughs> thing kind of works. All right. <laughs> Maybe when he was hired or asked to do provide a song for Sonic the Hedgehog, the movie, he's like, oh, I've got some, I've got some rhymes about rings of gold sonic uses rings this is perfect i'll just pull this out of the file i've got something they want but it's mine to give free my struggles detach me from this island that is definitely a shoehorned sonic reference because there is a the floating island in sonic 3 and sonic and knuckles for real the island the floating island that knuckles lives on that's got to be a reference. And here, we can click it on Genius. In the 2020 Sonic film, in which the song appears, Sonic starts out life on an unnamed island, probably Angel Island or South Island from the games, based on the population and geography. Did you write that? <laughs> I did not. This was written by, uh, it doesn't say. I was going to say, are we are we doing the, the genius annotations now as we go over the lyrics? Because I yeah. did have that. I did do a deep oh, okay. dive this week. So. This is provided by Banana <laughs> Jelly on, on uh, Genius, who only has a 10% rating on Genius. Um, Does that is that good or bad? I guess. I, I, I'm guessing it's bad. Though Sonic has to leave the island at a young age to save himself from a tribe of echidnas. <laughs> that is like so leaving people behind if they don't know. That is not a good genius annotation because you have to. <laughs> they have a low rating because yeah. all they do is just go in and say, this song is about like you Sonic and here's why. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why do you have to write songs about girls? Why can't songs be about Sonic? <laughs> so, you know, there's a floating island from the Sonic games. It's where Knuckles lives. It's the basis of the third and fourth original Sonic the Hedgehog games. It turns up again here and there, like in Sonic Adventure and stuff like that. And it might be in this new movie, but it hasn't been confirmed. Then he says, then Wiz says, bleed my knuckles. Oh, knuckles! Again, he's just like alluding to Sonic words. He's mainly, Wiz is mainly rapping about his success and how the haters hate him. But he's only throwing in words that relate to Sonic. He's not actually, like, forcing this to be about Sonic specifically. Attack me for my finance. A lot of Knuckles can bleed, though, just from punching somebody too much. Exactly. So, you know, could have just been a happy accident. I'm dealing with this pain. I just can't let you come throw it away. And then the chorus, which is apparently with... which. According to Genius, is Wiz Khalifa and Lil Yachty singing together. They sing, so I run, keep me up, creep on me, they speak on me, they slow me down, they bring me up like, speed me up, so I run, keep me up, creep on me, they speak on me, they slow down when they bring me up like, speed me up. It's boat, speed, speed, it's boat, yeah, which I don't know if those are... Is the, was there a boat references. in the in the movie? There was not, but I'm guessing I, I, there was a police car. The referencing to boat is probably some hip hop or specific like scene reference to them that I don't understand. Oh, maybe boat course, is a person. It's capitalized. Oh yeah, it is. 
Oh, is it about God? Does the boat, if it's capitalized, <laughs> does the boat represent God? <laughs> so verse two is little Yachty. And he says, oh, by the way, the first time I heard Lil Yachty was in this song. The first time I took note to know who was singing that it's Lil Yachty, it was when we saw this two years ago in the theater. And I was like, what's the, you know, I was like, I don't, what's the deal with his voice? And the way he like is low and he's kind of talking from the back of his throat. I didn't get it. But now I totally love it. Like, I think he has the best voice out of the four of them. I kind of love it. And I am interested to listen to more Lil Yachty music. Although I want like the, I apparently want any trap songs he has. I don't know. I'll find out. Um, taken off quick, too fast, on my tippy toes, undefeated boat. I would like an annotation for boat because apparently boat has something to do with little yacht. Oh, his name's little yachty. Is boat a nickname for oh, him? Oh, perhaps he's a yacht. He's he's a little yachty. Wiz Khalifa and little yachty fans got a call up for next week. Um, undefeated boat, no L's, still six and O, run around town, profound mentality. Bad young ting, six rings sitting under me. These dudes acting like we ain't who they want to be. Got me tickled trying to act so selfishly. So again, it's still just a song about being successful and dealing with the haters. I'm really disappointed that there has yet to be a reference to the Chaos Emeralds. (laughs) They should have just thrown the word chaos in there and everyone would have known what they meant. Everyone. Pocket full of green stacked up like... A pot of peas, big boy dog walking around with a lot of fleas, and that's annotated, so. It's just about, during this lyric, you can hear a reversed version of the sound effects that plays the original 16-bit Sonic the Hedgehog, typically heard when Sonic rolls up into a ball to attack enemies. Gotcha. I would like actual annotations yeah, on the hip-hop references right. and probably the things from specifically Little Yachty and Wiz Khalifa's life. You know, Genius actually started as Rap Genius. Originally, it was meant for, like, de- for, in- for like decoding references cool. in rap songs and, like, understanding who has beefs with who and stuff. And then it just kept escalating and references to their lives and stuff in rap songs. And it just kept, the the website just kept expanding into regular music and now it's genius. So you think some actual original rap genius could come into the Sonic the Hedgehog Speed Me Up song and give us some real references here. Zoom quick to go fast. Well, it's definitely a Sonic reference. Every day I got to make it count. That's so true. Every day you do got to make it count. Every second got to make it last. Yeah. This is where Little Yachty and Reliant K really meet up together. This is time management Little Yachty song right here. Roll around, do the double dash. Now, right here, I have to give a little bit of an argument. Roll around. Cool. Sonic reference. Got it. It's a metaphor. He's saying, I got to get around. I got to do work. I got to keep I got to keep on my feet. I got to keep, you know, doing what I do to be successful. And he says, do the double dash. Well, Double Dash isn't a Sonic reference. There's the Spin Dash, which is Sonic's, you know, move where he turns into a ball and rolls away. But that's the Spin Dash. Double Dash is not a Sonic reference. There is a Mario Kart game called Double Dash. Maybe he's conflating it with that. I don't know, but not a successful... There is Google for that, Lil Yachty. Exactly. Big glow on my skin, taken off in 10... Nine, eight, hold up, got a date. 
I love this. St- <laughs> I love this part of the song because you can't miss what he's saying. He's 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 deep into his verse, and he just goes, "Hold up, got a date." <laughs> I don't know why I love that, especially since I've grown to like really love his voice. He's like he's like in the middle of doing a song for the Sonic the Hedgehog soundtrack, and he's like, "Hold up, guys, I got a date." You don't find that funny? It's great. I find that really funny. And he says, ladies love my speed. Now, I have a problem that that's not annotated because it should be annotated that says Amy Rose is <laughs> has a crush on Sonic. Right. Ladies love my speed. Quick to run. By the up- way, everything I know about Sonic is just from being married to this man. <laughs> 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 He was so excited that I, like, knew Sonic and, like, had the games growing up. But that was where it ended. (laughs) Quick to run up trees. Now, I got to take another pause and take umbrage with little Yachty here. Running up trees is not a Sonic attribute. There are trees in the Sonic games. Trees will often hide power-ups, but you don't run up trees. You kind of spin and, like, bop the little thing down that's yeah, in the tree. but you don't run up the trees. Now, I guess in You Sonic run around Knuckles, that little loop-de-loop thing. Yeah, but the loop-de-loops are usually made of just ground. Mm-hmm. Now, there are loop-de-loops and things like that in Sonic and Knuckles in the Mushroom Hill Zone. But those are more like big vines. Those aren't really trees. I think what we're learning here is that Liliati does not have a comprehensive knowledge of the Sonic universe. Right. And I think that this comes back a little bit to the fact that Paramount decided to focus on the nostalgia for the 16-bit era of Sonic, whereas there was a current vital Sonic fandom that they didn't even think about, and they didn't think about any of the continuity or elements of the modern games. And I think that comes to this, where I'm taking a pause and just saying overall... I think the four I think the four artists in this song probably were most like you, familiar with Sonic only as a 16-bit nostalgic video game. The music video to this song opens with Wiz Khalifa taking a Sonic the Hedgehog 1 cartridge and blowing into it and placing it in the Genesis. So right there they're trying to push that here's look, he's going to play the original game, but most Sonic fans nowadays don't really super care about the original game. Also, he blows in the Genesis cart, which is not something you did with Genesis carts. Genesis carts didn't fail the way Nintendo carts failed. You didn't have to blow in them. You blew into Nintendo carts because the original Nintendo was the one that failed. So they're trying to throw this nostalgic idea of, remember when you had to blow in the carts to get the dust out? Yeah, I do remember that. And you didn't have to do that with the Genesis. The Genesis had a dust cover that kept dust from getting in there and most of the genesis games came in hard plastic cases so you could keep them free from dust yeah (laughs) and here's the best line in the whole song the moment that made us fall in (laughs) love with speed me up by wiz khalifa and little yachty who you seen like me nobody it's boat staying in my lane best friend named tails now i don't know (laughs) If Little Yachty has another friend in real life named Tails, but this is the most, like, every other Sonic reference up to this point has been a little sly. It's like Wiz talking about his rings, which obviously he's talking about actual gold jewelry rings, but he's alluding to the Sonic rings and singing about how ladies love my speed and gotta run around and do the double dash. Like, these are all allusions to their real lives through a metaphor of 
Sonic the Hedgehog references. This just, is the most shoehorned lyric. But then out of nowhere, little Yachty just says, I got a best friend named Tails. <laughs> <laughs> like that's no metaphor unless they were like look during your part you need to make some sonic reference yeah so it's do as this. if because this is the this is like the <laughs> second to last line of his verse and it's like he was like ah oh, the you know what's the producer's name i already forgot it's at the start of the song day trip day trip or the producer of the soundtrack was like you didn't yadi you didn't put enough sonic references and he's like okay i got a best friend named tails just throw that in at the end <laughs> And I really want to know if it is a coincidence that little Yachty in real life has a human friend who is also named Tails, maybe, and that is just a coincidence, or if he just shoehorned in out of complete left field, got a best friend named Tails. He's been talking about himself the whole time, and suddenly he's got a best friend named Tails. The Genius Annotation says, Sonic's best friend in the video games is a flying fox named Miles Tails Prower. Tails did not have a big role in the Sonic film, being relegated to a mid-credit sequence, teasing a sequel to the film. Then we end on a relatively, and I don't know if 100% it is as deep a reference as it sounds, but Yachty ends with, balance, balance running on rails, I can never fail. Now, Sonic grinding on rails is an element of the modern games, and it's a consistent element. Later on in the games, by the 3D era, Sonic would be running, and you could jump up, and if there was a rail, just like a skateboard game, Sonic could attach to the rail and just ride the rail to another part of the stage, or you could jump off rails and back and forth. Sometimes there'd be, like, rails in space, and you see spikes coming on one rail, and you jump to the next rail. So rails are a big part of the... 2000s and onward version of Sonic. So was Lil Yachty thinking? Did he, was he a Dreamcast fan? Did he have the adventure games on GameCube? And does he remember that Sonic does run on rails in the modern games? I don't know. I hope so. Uh, then we have the Speed Me Up chorus again. Uh, then verse three is Ty Dolla Sign and Wiz Khalifa. Speed me up, speed me up. Don't turn down the bass. Someone tell the DJ, leave me up. They was sleeping on me. Now they see me up. Beam me up, which is a Reliant K reference, of course, to their to their road manager, Scott. What was his last name? What? What was Scott's last name? Scotty. Beam me up, Scotty. Oh, well. Rings on me like LeBron. Rings on me like 23. New 911, it gonna speed fast. He was talking down, I level up on his bleep, and then they actually cut the word ass out because it is a PG movie. I don't know, there's four asterisks there. (laughs) Oh, you're right. There's four asterisks, so it's a four-letter word. Rings on me like LeBron, rings on me like 23 is annotated and says 23 is of course the jersey number of basketball superstar LeBron James who like Sonic has also also has an affinity for rings. James won three NBA championship rings in 2012, 2013, and 2016. Well then he says, then Ty says new 911 it gonna speed fast he was talking down I level up on his ass right it's yeah it does it's annotated it says the censored word is ass well then i gotta go in as sadie hawkins pod because i have a sadie hawkins pod genius account now the first thing i did was annotate hoops i did it again second thing i'm gonna annotate (laughs) is 
speed me up. I'm going to cut that extra asterisk out so everyone knows it's ass. Tell little baby I might hit her up because she bad. Money hit my phone and now I'm running to the cash. Marathon just like Nipsey the Great. Yeah. Spin dash to the safe. Now that's a proper spin dash reference. Mm -hmm. It's not a double dash. It's a spin dash. Do the dash like Tay K. And there's a K reference like Reliant K. But apparently rapper Tay K's top single was The Race. Lyrics from The Race were used as a courtroom evidence to sentence Tay K to over 50 years in prison. Wow, I'm going to have to look into that story. Apparently he's written... Ty is referencing rapper Tay K here. And the genius annotation just threw in that the lyrics were presented as evidence oh my goodness. in his conviction. I'm dealing with this pain. I just can't let you come throw it away. And I love the hook, by the way. I run. Speed me up. Speed me up. It's so good. <laughs> He's being serious. He doesn't sound serious, but he is he is being serious. And now it's Suko the Child, who in the music video looks like Quicksilver from the X-Men movies. <laughs> so I was like, is that a reference? It's the hair. <laughs> is this the hair? But I'm like, is that a reference to another character that runs fast? And of course, the first Sonic the Hedgehog movie rips off the 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 quicksilver scene that they did in a, in a couple of those movies where time slows down while he's listening to his head listening to a pop song listening to a pop song don't crash really go fast press on the gas 400 my dash never come last came a long way from the back of my dad's since i got racks i don't know what that means came a long way since the back of my dad's I don't know if that's a vernacular in hip hop that I don't understand, but it makes me think like the back of his balls, like when you were born. Oh my gosh, Came I think probably with... from like the back of his dad's house. So it, the first bit of this is annotated. Suko <laughs> okay. starts out his verse interpolating his breakout hit fast. Oh, okay. Fast 400 on the dash, 55 bills, buck 50 for the tax on the bag. That song thrust Suko into the mainstream after inspiring nearly a million TikToks and even earned him a deal with Atlantic Records. With this early momentum, it's safe to say that Suko's career isn't slowing down or crashing anytime soon. You know, I'm enjoying this. I'm learning a little bit more about like modern hip hop stuff, uh, stuff that I definitely don't know. And maybe we should just keep up. Maybe we just keep with this. Do we start doing a different like... Not like big hits, like, you know, second tier hits by current rap artists. So we start to learn a little bit more about the world. You're right. We should absolutely transition into a John Rubin podcast. (laughs) No, 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 no. I didn't say that. Okay, so come a long way from the back of my dad's. Maybe that means the back of his house. The room was in the or back his of the car because he's talking about cars and so driving. Maybe he was living in a car back then. No, like he's driving around in the back of his dad's oh, car. Oh, when you're a kid, you're in the back of the dad's yeah. car. Yeah. Okay. Well, the first thing I thought is like, come a long way since the back of my dad's, and I'm like, well, what's a longer way than from when you were oh, Lord, a twinkle in his eye in the back of his balls? What's the matter? Since I got racks, I'm a never look back. I'm gonna I'm going fast on my way to the bank. Level up, I'm moving up on my rank. Pedal to the metal, I'm winning the race, yeah. And then one more verse closes us out. And an outro says Nelsie. 
who I don't know who Nelsie is, says day trip, take it to 10. Well, there you go. See, we're broadening horizons. We're introducing Reliant K fans to Sonic the Hedgehog, and we're introducing ourselves to hip-hop music. Right. Danny, what was your uh, relationship to hip-hop prior to this? Well, I touched on it a little bit before, but I guess, yeah, like I, you know, it was on MTV all the time, and it was on the radio, and there were songs that I absolutely enjoyed, and of course I loved the catchier songs, right? But I never went out and bought a hip-hop album because it just didn't speak to me overall, right? And I, I flirted with thoughts of, like, you know, when hip-hop started really taking over on MTV, being upset, but ultimately realizing, like, that MTV is moving on from me, whatever. I've got my music over here. That's fine. Not getting mad about it overall, but definitely twinging and being like, why is everything more hip-hop nowadays? You know what I mean? But, yeah, it took me a while to to really fully enjoy a lot of hip-hop because i haven't and it's nothing and i'm not a rap is crap guy it just wasn't something i focused in on and i would i absolutely compare it to the fact that i felt the same way about metal like i enjoyed hearing some metallica and uh other metal bands on the radio and mtv and stuff but i would never go out and buy a metal cd and i also had bad connotations to the metal fans in my life (laughs) whereas I didn't really have any hip-hop fans in my life and I guess that would have really helped if I had someone in my life who could really introduce me to either of those things metal or hip-hop and say well you don't like it now but here look listen to this and here's where this is coming from and here's their point of view and always I would see documentaries and news reports about hip-hop and stuff and i understood how it was taught i actually understood this because i would see not really news reports but like music documentaries and mtv news reports talking about like the point of hip-hop and also their battles with censorship and i understood like you know i'm not saying like some so great person but i just mtv indoctrinated me to understand that like you know especially artists like nwa and stuff would would be like singing about what life was like in their areas in their inner city areas and then white people in the suburbs would get mad because they're singing about all these things it's like well that's what literally their experience and it's what they're living and you can't just make them stop expressing what life is like and think that that life is going to go away like that that it, it, which is exactly the same thing that's happening similar talked about it with with like, you know, human rights now for LGBT people. Like you can't just force an artist like Semler to go away or any other similar artist like her and then just expect it to, uh, I'm just trying to tie this somewhat back into Reliant (laughs) Gay. So I always had some understanding about the importance of hip hop and never really fully enjoying the music. Right. I mean, I'm super into ICP. Little known fact, (laughs) I am a hard... I am a hardcore juggalette. I keep a bottle of Fago off mic at all times. Well, that's true, but I didn't know it had to do with ICP. I just thought you loved really bad root beer. Excuse me. It's grape flavor. Oh, okay. That's why it's purple. Jessica and I got really into designer root beers like seven years ago. And we were... <laughs> I thought you were going to say we got super into insane clown posse. No. You remember that we had a point where we were like constantly into uh, 
not designer, what would, like craft, craft sodas. Yes. We're really into craft soda. Anywhere we went where there were craft, small brand sodas, we would always get Particularly them. root beer, yeah. Particularly root beer. And I was like, we were at a store one time that had a big selection of craft root beer, and we got all these runs, and I'm like, oh, there's Fago. I always hear about Fago because ICP, and I took one sip, and I'm like, this tastes like it's, like it's stale out of a soda machine. <laughs> I mean, I loved Eminem in high school uh, and early college. Uh, in high school, I would also like jam out to whatever was popular and my friends made me listen to because they did not want to listen to Frank Sinatra or early Michael Buble because uh, that's what I always was listening to like mm-hmm. in my car and stuff. And that was before he was Michael Buble, your mom's favorite artist. It was right. when he was like just doing like, you know, great American songbook stuff. But yeah, I I I groove out to like Nelly and some some Fifty and Chingy and Outcast and Missy Elliott and Snoop and all those guys. And I really like the uh, I'm super into I, I I grew up in Atlanta before uh-huh. we we moved, my family moved back to Florida. So that was in the 90s. So a lot of R and B. I had a lot of like like Atlanta 90s like R&B sort of influence right. yeah so like I love like the Magic Mike 2 soundtrack like I listen to that like all the time like yeah D'Angelo and uh and what do you call the wedding station here in LA what is that the wave the wave so there's oh, a, so good there's a radio station here in Los Angeles called the wave and it's kind of a I guess it's not technically old school R and B because old school R and B is like the fifties or whatever. But like More it's like Motown, yeah. It's like yeah, it's like eighties and nineties R and B and smooth jazzier music. And Jessica loves that station and she calls it the nineties wedding station because she remembers <laughs> living in Atlanta and anytime she would go to a wedding that her parents would be invited to, I guess, or anyone else, that's the kind of music that would get played. Yeah. Uh, also, this, so I'm not actually into ICP, but I am super into to Corpse, Corpse Husband. Uh, oh, right. So, and he's, he's uh, does he count? He's He's got a new single drop in. Uh, I mean, like all his songs are just singles because there's right. so few of them, but he's got a new track dropping on Friday. So, yeah. Does the 2008 VH1 show Miss Rap Supreme count? Because those ladies were mighty talented. It was a great show. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. Sure, why not? (laughs) Are you ready for my deep dive? I'm ready for your deep dive. (laughs) And Corpse was on an MGK song, and I listened to MGK. Right, but you listened specifically to MGK's pop punk. Yeah. You actually went back and listened to his hip-hop. I do quite like the the Corpse MGK song, though. Oh, and then we've talked about the Lil Wayne app. We used to use the Lil Wayne app. That's right. An early, early app. (laughs) And again, like 2008. (laughs) It was basically, it was a sticker app where you upload a photo and then you would, you'd have like Lil Wayne's teeth grill. And and tattoos. His tattoos and his hats and his chains. And you'd put them on people in the photos. We would mainly put them on the dogs. We'd take pictures of the dogs and put them on there. Uh, So like I said, I did do a deep dive and this does not pop up super often in my usual deep dives, just every now and then. Um, Usually only once per song, unless it's like a bigger song from Reliant K. But I got the message like every few results in response to multiple complaints we received under the U.S. Digital Millennium Copyright Act. We have removed nine results from this page. If you wish, you may read the DMCA complaints that caused the removals at lumen lumen 
database.org. Complaint, 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 complaint. So yeah, don't get those a lot for Reliant K. Just every now and then. Got them every few results, though, for this song. Gotcha. Uh, So we went over the genius already. I think you kind of, you brushed on the uh, fandom wiki from Sonic News Network (laughs) is what we've got here. Speed (laughs) me up. Awesome. I know Sonic News Network. I really do. Uh, Debut, January 24th, 2020. Publisher, Atlantic Records. Uh, Speed Me Up is a song featured in the Sonic the Hedgehog film during the end credits. It was published by Atlantic Records and features rappers Wiz Khalifa, Lil Yachty, Suko the Child, and Ty Dolla Sign. The instrumental version was produced by Take a Day Trip. It premiered at midnight on January 24th, 2020. Oh, and I, I was familiar with Lil Yachty. Not his music, but he was on The Circle, the the Netflix show, I, either like last season or the season before that, when they had a uh, write a rap challenge, and then he like picked the winner. Okay. So as I scroll down, connection to film, left my heart and my soul, you see that I ran. Sonic being forced to run away from what he considers his home. Rings of gold and awards sit on my nightstand. <laughs> Sonic initially having nothing valuable except his rings and belongings from his cave. That's true. Oh my gosh. This is like a deeper thing into the actual plot of the song. Now, one thing I didn't think to say was there's a classic trope of movies where you have a rap song closing it out, where they actually detail the entire premise of the story that happens in the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles song, uh, closing credits, like an actual rap sums up the plot you just saw. But I was like kind of disappointed at least that if there's a rap song closing out the Sonic the Hedgehog movie that it didn't do that. But it is kind of doing that in like a, in a less, in a more metaphorical way. I've got something they want, but it's mine to give. People like the Echidna tribe and Robotnik oh wanting gosh. to capture Sonic and exploit got, his powers yes. for their own means. I got something they want, but it's mine to give. He's got the rings. <laughs> Robotnik wants the rings. And then later when he realizes, Robotnik realizes Sonic has this power, he wants Sonic's power. Free my struggles. Detach me from this island. Longclaw sending Sonic from their island home to Earth for safety. I'm dealing with this pain. Sonic suffering loneliness as a result of needing to hide. <laughs> That's true. Sonic's very sad in the first Sonic movie. He is. Uh, I just can't let you come throw it away. Sonic not wanting to be discovered, hunted down, and possibly killed for his powers. Speed me up. Sonic loves his powers and moving fast. <laughs> I can't believe this is a metaphorical summary of the plot of the movie. This is actually pretty shocking to me right now. Or it's it's people reading what they want to into the lyrics, which we talk about every week on people this Reliant K podcast. People don't do that. that Trivia. Never- An alternate version of the song was slightly with slightly different lyrics from the final version was leaked a day before the official release. I saw that on YouTube and I decided not to go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> okay. The song, why not? That's what I this decided, podcast is for. I decided to stick to what, what was in the public eye. The start of the song, the start of the song sounds similar to the start of the music from Metropolis Zone. If you say so. The music marathon just like... Sonic 2. Sorry, the lyrics marathon just like Nipsey the Great are likely a reference to the late Nipsey Hussle, 
who had a collaborative partnership with Puma and his business Marathon Clothing before his untimely death. Okay. See, now the Sonic News people need to go over to Genius and fix that up. (laughs) Well, Dan, I think you're the man for the job. (laughs) Uh, Then we have Spot-Alike. So songs that sound similar to Speed Me Up with Ty Dolla Sign, Lil Yachty, and Suko the Child by Wiz Khalifa. Uh, Slide by French Montana featuring Blueface and Lil TJ. Wow Remix by Post Malone. Four Phones, Rich the Kid. Hookage by Big Baby Tape. Something New featuring Ty Dolla Sign by Wiz Khalifa. They work together a lot. Energy by Big K-R-I-T. Girl's Best Friend featuring Ty Dolla Sign by 2 Chains. Deal With It by DaBaby. Wavy featuring Joe Moses by Ty Dolla Sign. F With You featuring Ty Dolla Sign by Kid Inc. Gang Up with Young Thug 2 Chains and Wiz Khalifa featuring P&B Rock by Young Thug. It's by Young Thug, but with Young Thug. All right. Uh, Shell Shocked, which we talked about, the Juicy J song. Uh, Phone Jumpin' by Dave East. Too Many by Tyga. Backed, Back End by DaBaby. Uh, wow, there's a lot. Okay, I'm going to stop there because we, we just keep going and going and going uh, <laughs> after that. There's a lot of songs that Spotalike thinks this sounds like. Uh, and then we have TikToks. Uh so the the here's the first one. Okay, this is uploaded by K Zero UVR, and it's just a guy and a girl kind of. Oh, the like, guy just did a backflip, and, and they're oh, just they're doing dancing, trust doing falls silly stuff, doing trust falls and kisses and, and dances dancing and, and leaping over each other. It's cute. Uh, at K Cover, so K Zero. UVR just wanted to give you a little glimpse into my relationship. Hashtag TikTok trivia. Hashtag cooking tips. Okay. <laughs> uh, here we go. Then we've got at. This is from the official at IGN. Is it like voicing Sonic the Hedgehog? So how was it like voicing Sonic the Hedgehog? <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, voicing Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> so how was it like? That's voicing? pretty funny. Okay. So, so, so this is the official IGN TikTok, and they show. The guy who I guess is going to be interviewing Ben Schwartz. We didn't even talk about Ben Schwartz. Going to be interviewing Ben Schwartz on the red carpet. And he is in his bed, in the shower, and in the car, talking to a picture of Ben Schwartz, practicing asking the question. With a picture of of Sonic standing What was it like voicing Sonic the Hedgehog? And then when it gets to the real red carpet, like Ben Schwartz was in on the joke for this TikTok. And Ben Schwartz is like, I don't know pretty funny that's really funny actually i like that ben schwartz got in on the tiktok ahead of time uh then we are at a karate thing and we've got uh someone breaking boards and this is from at proud (laughs) tkd mama 2 kiddo is growing up fast and he's it shows uh, that's pretty impressive yeah, yeah a boy chopping through multiple boards with both hands and they slide uh, towards him. It's yeah. not like a, it's not boards stacked up. It's like a conveyor belt of boards that he has to keep chopping before they get close to him. That is a lot for a uh, a red belt to to be going through. Did not even have to do that in my black belt testing. 
Uh, I just retweeted got... an ad about Sonic 2. Oh, we've City got a real spot. hedgehog. This is oh. from at Mr. Pokey. This is, an, this is a blue checked account as well. Yeah, it's an official hedgehog account. <laughs> and then it's got oh, a little animated Sonic okay, running in I the background. So I'm guessing from context that this is the most popular real life hedgehog on TikTok. Mr. Pokey. And I'm guessing, I'm pro- oh, Paramount probably. Oh, here we go. Yeah. Oh my gosh, he has 1.1 million followers. How cute. Yeah. This cute little uh, hedgehog. So they must have, they must have Sonic. Uh, Paramount or whatever must have gone to Mr. Pokey and said, can we do a media tie-in with you? Super cute. Because Sonic the Hedgehog CGI is in the background like looking at Mr. Pokey while he's running across the top of the wall. That's so cute. Oh my gosh, it's so twee. Uh, Then we have creative production of 3D pen. Oh, cool. Uh, Oh, it's... This is someone making a 3D model of Sonic. It looks like it's out of mud or something, but it must be some sort of 3D printed stuff. Oh, wow. They're putting microchips and all kinds of stuff in there. Oh, wow. This is from at TongTongWL. Oh, wow. They're putting in like all sorts of stuff in this thing. It's one of those 3D pens where you actually... Oh, it creates it as you go. It creates it as you go. Interesting. It's, it's, It's like a moldy plastic that you kind of like... That's not nightmarish. I'm sure no one's going to use that for anything bad. Well, it's not the same as 3D printers, which do it for you. Like, you have to use... Sorry Bless you. Sorry Bless you. You have to use your own dexterity and, like... This is still going. I did not know that TikToks could be this long. I thought they were just little short things, but they are still doing this, smoothing out the things, the clay or whatever this is. Making a whole whole Sonic. Still going. Oh, they made him frown instead of oh, happy. Oh, they're giving him nostrils. I oh, over. it stopped. Okay. <laughs> uh, we're not going to go through all these because there's 81.8 thousand <laughs> videos. Uh, so we have some soccer things, some, what? Fo- some actual football things. Yeah. Oh, wow. Sorry. 81.8 thousand speed me up TikToks. Yeah. The only time it's, I go to TikTok <laughs> is for real. Like, hey, and maybe at most there's like 70. <laughs> No, not even. For Be My Escape or something? No, it's like 10 at most. Wow, so many. Uh, DMV test number five. Oh, no. Uh, Oh, look, what is, where is this? At Coffee Fanatics. Oh, maybe they made a little Sonic Blue coffee thing. Oh, okay. Vanilla bean, soy, passion tea, raspberry, and caramel drizzle is going to go in this special Sonic the Hedgehog drink. Trap music is a subgenre of hip hop music that originated in the southern United States during the early Starbucks 2000s. Worker. The genre gets its name oh, from Oh, look, there you go. They, they have a lot of oh, little Sonic on the Sonic outside. On the cup. Super it's cute. actually not blue. I thought the drink would end up being blue. I would think so too. The genre trap music gets its name from the Atlanta slang word trap, a house used exclusively to sell drugs. Trap music uses synthesized drums and is characterized by a complex hi-hat pattern, which I guess is probably that thing going on in this song. Tuned kick drums with a long decay and lyrical content that often focuses on drug use and urban violence. It utilizes very few instruments and focuses almost exclusively on snare drums, double tap, or triple timed hi-hats. All right. I have heard about trap music a million times. I didn't realize its dense history. I always thought it just had to do with the beat. Like, trip hop. 
like trip hop, like uh, mm-hmm. which is which is really like Macy's music. But <laughs> <laughs> I was familiar with trip hop because it's a little bit, you know, I, I don't know. Like I just it, it also to me is very nostalgic because it's a very retail oriented music. But I guess you don't hear as much trap music out and about at the grocery store. So we have the one time I'm aware of that this song was ever performed live. It was performed on the Jimmy Kimmel show. Oh, wow. So here is uh, live on Jimmy Kimmel, Wiz Khalifa singing about Sonic the Hedgehog. You can't sing about Sonic Siri, you can't sing about Sonic the Hedgehog? Oh, they add a little something to it in yeah. the live. Just like Reliant K. Now, there's a wall of television behind them that's playing footage of Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah. The video game, or at least the animations from the end of the movie. I love this song now. I hated it. Okay. I didn't hate it, but I thought it was really silly and ridiculous when we heard it at the movie theater. But now I am obsessed with it. <laughs> I'm sure they'll play it uh, tomorrow night since you want to go back to the LA Alamo Draft oh, House. Oh, yeah, maybe to watch they'll play it. it. Yeah, we're going back to the Alamo Cinema Draft House to see the sequel. Oh, by the way, in the music video, which is basically, so there you go. There's the only known line performance. The music video is also the end credits, right? They took the end credits animation, which is this 16-bit summary, a 16-bit animated summary of the whole movie you've just seen while you listen to the Wiz Khalifa song. They took that same animation and edited with Khalifa into it for the music video. So you basically got two versions of the video. The version at the end of the movie without Wiz Khalifa visually in it and the one that's on YouTube with visually Wiz and all his features in the video. When they animate Wiz Khalifa and uh and I've got their names mixed up, Ty and um Lil Yachty. Little Yachty. It's Lil Yachty I like better. When they show Little Yachty and Wiz Khalifa as little animated 16-bit characters, they all look so happy. <laughs> They're all, like, so happy to be zapped into the video game and running around with Sonic and taking part and in the And Cisco the Kid, not Cisco. That's <laughs> the thong, the thong, thong, thong. Again, throwing it back to, to my era. <laughs> so here is one cover. There's there, uh, I think there were two covers of this, but here was my favorite one. Because it's, you know, tying this into the fact that I was not a metal or hip-hop fan when I was originally learning about music. Here is the metal cover of Speed Me Up by David KBD Video Game Metal Covers from two years ago. Sorry, did you tell me this is a Weird Al cover? I guess it does sound like Weird Al. If Weird Al was like 
from Europe or something. Like, he's definitely got an accent. He's definitely got some sort of accent. Th- the, whoever this is, this is David KBD. Nice. And Unai Iglesias Laconia. So maybe they're actually South American or something like that. Does it say where they're from? I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm not going to lie. I tuned out an hour ago. So <laughs> right after the uh, top of the show business. Right. I'm sorry. Well, here's the hook in the metal version. I appreciate the heavier, more authentic chiptune additions to this song. Whereas the sort of video game chiptune additions in the originally produced track aren't that authentic. Right. They sound like someone who vaguely remembers old school video games trying to find that old school video game sound on whatever equipment they had in this producer's studio. But here, this metal cover is really adding that chiptune sound to it. So I love that. That's great. And then, well, you mentioned him earlier. One of the only rap artists I've, one of the only hip-hop artists I've ever seen live in person. Uh, and I've seen him open for Reliant K, so I put them in Rave DJ together. This is Doing Me Up with Wiz Khalifa, Ty Dollar Sign, Lil Yachty, Suko the Child, and John Rubin. This is a mashup of Rubin, What You Dippity Doing with Speed Me Up. <laughs> It was so jarring when it suddenly cut to John Rubin. I was like, wait, who is this? I mean, it's a mess. Because this, what I now understand to be a trap beat, is probably very hard for the rave DJ AI to really in, in, interpret and match up to this other more traditional rap beat. Because <laughs> John Rubin is nothing if not traditional hip hop. <laughs> And just for good, just for just for coverage, just for good sense, this is called Up My Escape. Oh boy. <laughs> Up My Escape. Okay, now, okay, now, okay, now. See, the thing about Rave DJ that I'm starting to... My apologies to everyone's speakers. (laughs) (laughs) The thing about Rave DJ that I think I'm figuring out is the AI that tries to make the mashup starts with the beat, and it it interprets the beat and tries to match those between the two songs. But this this beat for Speed Me Up is probably really hard for the AI to get. Then... I think it's like it's sec- a- Rave DJ's second directive is to figure out in whatever way the AI can figure it out what's the chorus because it because there's so many Rave DJs I've done where it knew where the chorus was and it made sure to save the chorus for different things 
but I don't know how it figures that out. Maybe by the waveform, maybe it looks for the matching waveform that happens like two or three times in the song. And if a song like Speed Me Up has this beat, then the waveform is probably pretty consistent the whole time. So it can't figure out where the hook is because the waveform is just too matched up across the whole song. But on Be My Escape, it can probably figure out from the waveform very easily where's the chorus of Be My Escape. So it threw the chorus in almost immediately, but it had no idea where to match it up for Speed Me Up. Right. Match it up. Match it up. Rave DJ, match it up. And then we can uh, finally get out of here because we got tickets to see a very special movie tomorrow night. Gotta get a gotta get a good night's sleep. Gotta get a good night's sleep. We're gonna go get our popcorn. We're gonna go see a very special blue man who likes to save everyone. Likes that he loves the animals. Hey, Jessica, yeah. you and Sonic the Hedgehog, you both love the animals. It's true. It's you a, love the animals. Sonic the Hedgehog. He's not a vegan though. He does love chili dogs. <laughs> Um, you know, it's chili dogs is probably one of the one pieces from the American canon. I'm just talking more Sonic nerd (laughs) shit, but chili dogs is one thing from the Western canon of Sonic the Hedgehog that stuck into the proper Sega approved canon because chili dogs were part of the American cartoons. And now Sonic actually likes chili dogs in the Japanese-produced Sega video games, the modern ones. It's one of the one things. But things like Princess Sally and the planet Mobius and Robotnik being, like, fat, like, you know, like, big and evil, like, super evil-looking. Like, Robotnik's supposed to be evil but also funny. I mean, you did not even get into the difference between Dr. Robotnik and Eggman. I'm shocked. Right, of course. He's I'm sorry, Eggman. is that too normie? Is that too, like, is that too Puckman? Is like... Well, that's one thing that the Sonic Japanese Sega continuity did try to reconcile. Unlike, say, like Princess Peach was originally Princess Toadstool in America. And then one day Nintendo was like, cut it off. Stop here. She is Princess Peach in America from now on. Like they didn't try to gently edge the fans into it. They're like, Nintendo 64, she's Princess Peach. That's it. No more Princess Toadstool. With Eggman Robotnik... You know, he was always called Eggman in Japan, but that name didn't sound cool for America, so they called him Robotnik. And then when they tried to merge those... And he's a doctor. Exactly. When they Doctors are the worst. When they tried to merge those, like, those cannons or those localizations between America and Japan, at one point they said, you know, they're like, okay, the Sonic games, no more American localization, no more American separate continuity we are doing one continuity it will be the same in both regions but they did kind of reconcile the idea that his real name is robotnik and that sonic makes fun of him and calls him eggman but then eggman owns it to kind of get back at sonic they did sort of do that whereas robotnik was originally just the american name of robotnik and eggman was his real name well, yeah. I hope everyone enjoyed this episode. Uh, apologies to the five of you that listen on YouTube <laughs> because there's no way this is going to stay up uh, and possibly other uh, podcast uh, listeners as well. <laughs> Enjoy it while it lasts before Paramount, Atlantic, Re- oh, good Lord, Atlantic Records and the rest come, come after us. <laughs> 
So here's one AM before we go. Oh, good lord! Here's an AMV. I did. I did go through and look for you. You made this one? No. I went through and I pulled every Reliant K Sonic fandom mashup. And this is my girl's ex-boyfriend. And it's between Shadow, Rogue, the Bat, and Knuckles. So I guess Knuckles is the ex-boyfriend and Rogue is the girl. And Shadow might be the one who gets to be with Why her Why does the, the Bat look like a Shadow cat bat? Yeah, Shadow Someone's is the teaser. dressed like a Pikachu. That's Shadow the Hedgehog. He was now this this is not an AMV. It's a slideshow of a lot of the creepy fan art that the Sonic community is known for. <laughs> Any image they could find of these three characters in their head canon, where Rogue the Bat, Rogue the did you ask why she's sexy? Is that what you asked? I did not. <laughs> that goes without saying. I, I I asked if she was a cat bat. I she kind of yeah, looks a little bit like she's a supposed cat. to be a bat, but they I get really... it. The, the ears are really emphasized, yeah. but she does have a very uh, cat like face isn't they there a cat isn't one of them a cat blaze the cat there we go who's hate the, that bitch. The that's right <laughs> that's a reference to something that we won't reference here we'll reference it on patreon so yeah they drew rogue the bat more like a rat more like a mouse and then they put yeah, bat yeah. wings on her but in this person's head cannon in rogue the jewel bats head cannon knuckles and rogue dated but then they broke up, and Shadow came in, and he scooped her up. <laughs> Good for him. And it's just filled with fan fiction that they pulled out of Google Images without fan, fan art. Fan but art. Yes. What did I say? Fan fiction. Fan art. I mean, you know, whatever. Look, I'm not here to ship shame. Whatever boats your float. And there are no less than two, possibly three different Shadow the Hedgehog Devastation and re- devastation and reform AMVs. Because you yeah, know who who was more. <laughs> why does he have a gun? What? Why does he have a gun? What? Why is he riding a motorcycle? What is this? What am I looking at? This is Shadow the Hedgehog solo game, which came out around Good 06, Lord. 07. Why is he buff? Oh, is this the one where there's werewolves? No, that's Sonic Unleashed. Oh, excuse me. This is Shadow's solo game. <laughs> Sorry. For- freaking out loud <laughs> so here's shadow and he had a solo game where you could choose to be bad or you could choose to be good and you get a different ending do, do you think at the end of this movie they're gonna make an allusion to shadow and ha- shadow's gonna be in the third movie or- don't get ahead of me <laughs> that's how we're closing the episode oh, sorry expectations for sonic 2 and the next sequel now you know so who was more born for devastation and reform than Shadow the Hedgehog? Honestly, I think I realized that Tyson was pretty much singing about Shadow the Hedgehog. Because he was literally born for devastation. Son- Shadow the Hedgehog's <laughs> background born. is he was created by Dr. Eggman, Dr. Robotnik's grandfather. Shadow the Hedgehog was created by Robotnik's grandfather to be the ultimate weapon. And then he went into hibernation for generations, and then Dr. Robotnik finds him as a creation of, you know, his grandfather's. Of course. But then Shadow is very torn. He's like, am I evil? Am I good? What's going on? I don't know. And that's so emo, and it's so rock and roll and awesome. Shadow is the best. Just kidding, man. Anyway, so that is Sonic the Hedgehog. (laughs) That is... 
the un- this undeserving mess that is me. Oh my gosh! You know what? That the the picture for this for for this episode should actually be. We should take a picture of on your desk. You have your whole little Sonic collection, including your your from childhood Sonic and Tails um, stuffed animals. Uh, Tails is currently wearing a Dodgers hat that once had nachos in it. <laughs> That's true. So, Jessica. A plastic Dodgers hat. Excuse me. I already told you I love this song more than I've ever loved it before. How do you feel? Oh, I think it's just wonderful, dear. Do you just think it's just about as fine? Do you, do you, more or less are the same? I probably did the mom thing and kind of like thought it was funny, but also bopped along to it at the time. And I still do the same now. So okay. now I think I like it a bit more. So we're, how we're actually closing the episode is what are your expectations for Sonic 2? You got to go first because you know I got very detailed ones that are going to keep us here another 40 minutes. That's true. What are your expectations for the movie? You tomorrow? give me so much when I just like want to go off and talk about Supergirl and stuff when we're like in the car, but like... <laughs> Of course, you're allowed to just go off on a public forum that is our podcast about Reliant K. This is very important. And talk this about Sonic the Hedgehog for two hours. Is it really at two hours? Yes. Now? Oh, dang. Okay, so come on, quickly. What are you expecting from... People got a little scared. And- <laughs> she did not. She's just hot. Because that's right, listeners. It's that time again where we're going to complain about the heat. <laughs> Jessica, what are you expecting from Sonic the Movie 2? You know, it's not just animated movies that that I tend to not want to see. It's any family film, really, because I know that it's going to put me on. No, I used to love that stuff as a kid. I know it's going to put me on an emotional roller coaster. And as an adult, I'm like, I don't need to go on this emotional trip. Life is emotional enough. I, you know, we're like, we, we have to experience all these highs and lows. And I just, I cannot stand having my heart broken for a little blue hedgehog. And then, oh, good, but we're built back up again. But I still have the memories of my heart being broken for him. And it's just too much. So Were you really sad for Sonic because he was so sad the first time I watched was. It? It's like his little owl friend died or whatever. It was his mom. It was so sad. I thought it was sad because it's meant to be sad. So I read it that way. That's why I don't like animated movies. We've been over this before. <laughs> so I'll tell you what I'm expecting from Sonic 2. <laughs> you didn't let me get to my expectations. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm expecting hopefully a little less since we've gotten the backstory thing now done. Although we might get more because now he's opened up the other worlds or whatever with the rings. That's see, Aren't you proud of me? I remembered something yeah. from the first movie. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, I expect a little less of the human companions. Not a ton less, but just a, sl- a smidge less because now we have more uh, more CGI people to, to, to deal with. We have more animals coming in at some yeah, point. Yeah, when Knuckles is going to be in this movie. Yeah. Um, so probably a little more, a little more time with the villains because Knuckles is a bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, right. Knuckles. Yeah. Traditionally, no. You always tell me he's an antihero. Whatever. It's... No, that's no. He's not an oh. antihero. Oh, yeah, yeah, Shadow's the antihero. Oh, good Lord. Knuckles starts as an antagonist to Sonic because he's tricked by Robotnik into thinking that Sonic is a bad guy. They realize by the end of Sonic Three and Knuckles that it, it was a misunderstanding, and Sonic and Knuckles become best friends for life. Knuckles is a very kind soul. He he is a he's a he's a he's a caretaker to the to the floating island. I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. I have zero expectations for the movie. <laughs> then I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised because I'll tell you what I'm expecting. I'm expecting a rockin' good time at oh, the movie. April, April's <laughs> disgusted by you. Yeah. 
I'm expecting there to be supersonic in this movie because we are introducing the emeralds in this movie. Is that when he's yellow? Yes. Okay. Which was purposefully a ripoff of Super Saiyan from Dragon Ball Z at the time. But funnily enough, in America, most fans didn't realize that because Sonic was in America, but Dragon Ball Z wasn't really popular in America yet. So it was kind of understood in Japan to be a parody of Super Saiyan, but then Dragon Ball Z got to America after the fact. Anyway, and I'm expecting the cold, I'm expecting the mid-credit or the end-credit thing to be an allusion to Shadow, and I'm expecting 3 to involve Shadow. Yep. So, thank you very much for following this episode of Sonic Hedgehog Pod. We will be back next week when we will be talking about... Sonic Unleashed. Jessica our and I are going to review for the movie. <laughs> our review of the movie is next week, and we'll talk about the Sonic Unleashed soundtrack. Actually, we'll talk about Sonic Generations. That'll be an easy one for the second episode of Sonic Hedgehog Pod. Or we'll be back to talk about a Tisa and the Earthquake song next week. That might be what we're doing. We're talking about Tisa and the Earthquakes next week, so get ready for that. Exciting stuff. Thanks so much for listening. If you've if you've gotten if you've bared with us this far, thank you so much, and have a pleasant day and stay safe out there, guys. And if you didn't like this episode, well, that's no good. I don't understand. That's a, when Urkel did the voice of Sonic, that's something he said. That's no good. I feel like you just opened up a whole nother conversation, so I'm just going to hit the stop button now.